All right. Good morning uh, to the uh, CDO Magazine uh, audience, and welcome to the next in the uh, CDO Magazine interview series. Uh, my name is Kirk Ball. I'm the Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Giant Eagle and a member of the CDO Magazine editorial board. And I'm pleased today to be spending some time with Ashwini Asokin. Uh, Ashwini is the CEO of Mad Street Den. Uh, which uh, their mission is to make every business AI native. So I'm interested to uh, hear uh, Ashwini talk a little bit about that uh, as we get into our discussion today. Uh, Ashwini, your kind of product set is broken into three components. It's intelligent content management, customer experience management, and business analytics and AI expert consulting. So uh, we'll spend some time uh, diving into that a little bit. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and give us a little bit of information about your background? Sure, sure. Um, so I, I have a little bit of a, a, an unconventional background for an AI founder, Kirk. So I come from a product background um, and um, with, a, with a fairly strong kind of uh, a decade spent at Intel. Um, working with a lot of different business units. Intel was trying to figure out how to go from being a chip company to a platform company and working with a very, very interdisciplinary kind of group of people from product to HCI to AI to computer scientists to help them kind of figure out that transition to what it takes to being a platform. Um, and I can tell you that much of my business acumen and my my lessons around, you know, bringing together software and hardware and business, um, you know, a lot of it was actually spent in those journeys with Intel and with a lot of those teams in building many of those kind of, you know, um, different types of platform teams and businesses. Um, my two co-founders are neuroscientists by background. Um, one is a neuromorphic engineer. Um, who spent, you know, a big chunk of his life building silicon chips that emulate the brain. Um, and, and my third co-founder was a professor of neuroscience, worked for over a decade with, you know, DARPA and many other related, you know, um, um, neuroscience as well as AI related uh, foundational kind of work, right? Um, so the two of them come from a very, very strong background in academia, Johns Hopkins, Stanford, um, I come from a product and a business background, and the three of us had been talking about the idea of a generalizable form of intelligence, one that's not specific to either language or image or a particular application or a particular industry, but AI that is more, that is more like the human brain. Right, um, and with my two co-founders having their backgrounds in 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 neuroscience and neuromorphic engineering, for us, so much of this story was about architecting kind of a platform that behaves and learns like you know comes as close to or or inspired by the way we work with contextual understanding of the world, and so that kind of brought us together to build this company. Uh, it's very, very interesting. It's a pretty diverse background, uh, but it's kind of cool to see how the three different backgrounds have come together to uh, help you guys go found a company. So, uh, you know, I think uh, <clears throat> your timing is impeccable. Uh, certainly artificial intelligence and machine learning is, uh, those are two topics that a lot of companies are trying to figure out how to apply those capabilities uh, to the challenges, the business challenges that they face on an, on an everyday basis. 
Um, talk a little bit about your mission statement. I found that quite interesting. Your objective is objective is to help every company become AI native. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought long and hard before we put that down in writing. And, you know, Kirk, one of the things that that has really driven us down this path, we've been in the market for a little over five, six years now um, as an organization, you know, very traditional VC funded company, right, Um, which we decided, you know, we were going a very particular path. And one of the very early kind of findings for us, and so much has changed in the last five years, right? Like, first of all, for me, I can tell you when we started this journey to today, like the market looks nothing like the way it did when we started on this journey, to be honest with you. So I almost feel like anything I say right now is so it's going to be over a period of time where so much of reality has changed. Um, But, um, you know, for us, the mission has always been the same, which is CIOs, business users, organizations, enterprises, COOs, CFOs, CEOs often don't care about the how. And I, and I say that with, with a lot of, Um, emphasis on the how is always a derivative of the why, right? You choose a path based on what your intent is, what your goal is, what you're trying to achieve. And the last five years, you know, I am going to make a bit of of a statement here in saying, you know, AI has not delivered on its promise in the last five years. It truly has not. And if you take this generative AI movement and just set it aside, right? Not all AI out there in the market is the current generative AI wave, right? If you set aside that one piece of the puzzle, I would argue AI has not delivered its promise to enterprise, especially large enterprise in the last five years. And we believe that in order for organizations to go from where they've been in the last decade, which is collecting a lot of data, right? I think the awareness around data has been pretty widespread and grow, like growing pretty fast over the last decade, right? But what we did not see was an evolution of processes and systems and approaches to working with that data, which allowed for companies to become AI first or AI native. Right. We were still it was still all about data collection. Data wasn't being used meaningfully enough, connected meaningfully enough. But and and for us, this mission that we want to make enterprises AI native is really a story of saying it's important to help these enterprises figure out how to make AI not just a fancy application. It's not just like a marketing thing that you get to do, but it ends up becoming in your DNA, right? What does it mean for AI to be not something that's a line item that you put in a budget or a, or a, or a you know, oh, we want to do AI. Like, what can we do in AI, right? It's not that, but how do you actually make it part of the DNA of enterprises is the mission with which we started this company, right? And for us, the how is almost a derivative of that mission. And, you know, we'll probably get to it in this conversation, but the why is that making that AI very much part of the DNA. And that involves a lot of things that involves training people, that involves cultural change, that involves, you know, um, always asking why, right? Like, why do we need this application? Why do we need this? Like, why do we, is this the right thing to do? How do we prioritize? So many questions that kind of bubble up to that question of what does it mean to make uh, an enterprise AI native? And and as a company, we take it upon ourselves to actually help them answer all of those questions in the process of selling our platform. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. I think there's still a lot of work to do to make uh, AI part of the mainstream uh, DNA of the way an enterprise works. Uh, so I definitely agree with you on that, but certainly a lot to promise. Um, Ashwini, talk a little bit about that. Mastery Dan has a platform called View.ai. And that platform, we alluded uh, earlier in the conversation to the kind of areas of intelligent content management, customer experience management, and business analytics and AI expert consulting. So why don't you talk, the, uh, talk through those and help the audience understand what each of those three capabilities in a platform really do. Sure, sure. So well, three, I mean, I think the way we see the world, we see three big problems in the market with AI today. One, we see every enterprise having too many single purpose applications that attack every small bit of every workflow, which basically means you get this basically hodgepodge of systems that have been deployed across the organization that are not necessarily talking to each other. We see this as one of the biggest issues out there in the market today. Second, we see, we've seen this explosion of tools like data science and ML tools out there in the market. And it's essentially allowed a lot of data scientists, engineers, ML folks to basically come and build models. But what we've ended up creating in the process, I think also a little bit of a, of a kind of a symptom and, a, and, a, and an outcome of that whole uh, um, kind of move that we've seen in the last decade or last five to six years is that we've seen an endless kind of approach to maintaining these models, right? Which basically means there's a very high cost of operation. Bottom line has been affected heavily. And what we've seen is this kind of movement towards, yes, there are a lot of tools, but then should we be going the data-centric approach to AI or the model-centric approach to AI, right? This kind of this, this, this you know, tug of war that we're seeing between these two different uh, schools of thought. And the third problem we've seen, which is actually very foundational to the platform that we have and what we do is broken data, right? Nobody cares about broken data. Everybody cares as an aftermath, but it's the ugly data problem, right? We call it the ugly stepchild of, of this entire AI world. Is that so if you want broken data, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Right. And if you start to look at some of the numbers around how much enterprises end up losing money, I think the number is something in the trillions today for just what bad data is costing organizations around the world, right? And so not too many people wanting to be data janitors, right? Nobody wants to, you know, get a data science or an ML degree to become a data janitor, right? And, and that's a big issue. And these are the three big issues that we end up tackling with our platform, which does broadly three things, right? The first thing is actually we apply AI across connected workflows, right? Which basically, and I'll give you an example of this. This is where the customer experience the intelligent content management and the process automation pieces for us all come together. They're three big pillars or applications for us, but the ability to apply AI across the workflows is, is one of our primary value propositions. An example is, I'll give you two, three examples. In the finance field, you know, you have someone applying for a loan. You get all of their loan information through specific types of documents that get registered, right? But those documents and that data doesn't go into the CDP to power cross-sell, upsell, personalization of that customer experience journey, 
right? That is something we do. We also, we do process automation and document processing up front, where we're the ones processing the, the loans, we're pulling that data, we're automating, we're doing matching, reconciliation, whatever is needed on that end. And then we take that data and we're the personalization engine. We're basically the intelligence layer that takes that, extracts it, handles that process. But it's the same data that also goes into the personalization side of things, into the personalized marketing side of things, into the customer journey side of things. And that's one example right? If you look at it in the staffing industry, people are uploading tens of documents into every single staffing portal, right? Who's taking all that information, making meaning of it, and then recommending the right jobs, right? So there's data organization there, there's data extraction there, there's data enrichment there, there's process automation and customer experience, right? Today, if you have to make this happen, you have to go out there and buy eight different types of applications. And, and you, you get a glue. That's right. That's exactly Very right. Good. Right? So the number of people, the teams, the maintenance, the, the, the how long it takes to put this all together. Companies take anywhere between three to five years to do these, connect these. And we basically have a 30, 60, 90 day framework in the company where Within 30 days, we can go live with one application, 60 days to ROI, 90 days to the next subsequent point in the workflow. So think of us almost as that intelligence layer that sits on top of these workflows. And as a result, organizations, enterprises around the world can build pretty much any application. We love to say as a company, we are yet to see an application we've not been able to power right? Because it's a, it's a use case powering. The underlying set of use cases for us from a core capability perspective are the same. Enterprises build all types of applications on top of our platform. Yeah, and you know, I think you, you, you touched on a topic that is very, very important. I think that ability to apply ML and AI technologies and capabilities and in a short time frame uh, deliver an ROI that's meaningful to an enterprise is incredibly impactful. Uh, to your point, you know, you hear lots of different stories where it's two, three, four, five years uh, for an enterprise to stand up a, an infrastructure, a software layer, a set of capability to get their data wrangled, uh, then to put it, you know, an intelligence layer over that data to start providing insights and capabilities. Uh, and that, what you just talked about, that ability to deliver the beginnings of ROI in 90 days is very, very impactful and very impressive. Uh, I'm sure that's one of the key reasons, uh, you know, that Mad Street then is growing at the pace at which it's growing. So talk a little bit about how you're uh, keeping up with the growth. And then in the last few minutes that we have, I'd like for you to give us one use case uh, of a success story. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, in terms of growth itself, we perceive growth. I mean, yes, AI is at the core. It is our IP. It's everything we've built. But at the end of the day, the culture in the company that we believe is enabling this growth of ours actually comes from acknowledging that AI is the last piece of the puzzle. <laughs> we believe it's literally if we're able to handle the data, help the customer envision change, because we see ourselves as change agents. We see ourselves as partners in this in this journey that we're going with our customers to bring about that kind of change and the ability to make AI as part of an organization's DNA is not gonna happen overnight. 
right? And you're the new kid on the block. You walk in and you present and they look at you going, yeah, I've been doing this for like 40 years. Like, what are you going to tell me that, that I haven't already figured out? And that's the reality. <laughs> reality is that they're the domain experts and our ability to come in and look at their domain, look at the process and say, here are all the ways in which this platform can do things for you, whether it's increase in revenue, you know, doing something faster, faster go to market, you know, maybe sometimes it's just the cost reduction thing. Sometimes it's about optimizing work and finding different ways to change that. So there's a lot of kind of outcome centric stuff that we do. And so for us, growth is really about helping organizations envision that change. And then saying you start one at a time. Let's start with one simple use case. That use case could be document processing and automation. It could be basically AP flow automation or claims automation or KYC automation. That's great. It could be personalization. It could just be recommendations. That's fine too. Starting with one tiny project and over the course of 12 months, helping them see all the different kind of solutions that they can implement showing ROI. I mean, this is really our growth engine, right? We call our growth engine, you know, something that's very change management driven, where we work very closely with decision makers and users alike as an organization to basically place our platform because the platform is the last piece of the puzzle, right? Once the processes, you, you know, doing the AI is the easiest piece of the puzzle, accessing that data, wrangling with the data, showing the proof early on. And so this, I would argue, is a unique kind of aspect of the way we work that allows us to bring scale, meaningful scale and growth to organizations. Ashwin, we've got just about a minute or two left. I'd like for you to just give me an example of a, a success story <clears throat> that a company's had with the application of the few uh, AI technology. Sure. Um, I think maybe we take the example of, um, you know, uh, the whole staffing um, category as a story here where we say um, you've got our AI that is basically um, powering how we process user information, people who are looking for jobs. Right. So there are people going in and uploading all of their personal information, their social security, all types of information, their 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 history of jobs, where they prefer working. So it's a lot of, you know, very specific type of information that they upload into these portals. And basically what our AI does is first keeps it secure, private, make sure that it's completely taken care of. And then what we do is extract information from all different types of documents out there. You're talking about millions of users that are uploading data into different types of portal, private or non-private data, right? And it's our ability to basically process it, extract it, and say, I now have this picture of this person, right? And once you're able to digitize, so it does two, three things. One, it's about keeping it private. Two, it's about, you know developing this profile of this person, right? To understand what you can do for them. Third, it's about digitizing and automating that process, right? You cannot process millions of, of you know, people coming in every month across these sites and, and you just can't. And so it does a lot of different jobs just there for us automating that process. 
And then from there, that data is, was, is currently being fed into recommendation engine, where we basically get to enable recruiters to be able to kind of bid on stuff, help them understand what kind of jobs are available for them and get them placed in the right place at the right time, right? It's just, just one example of the kinds, it's the same set of capabilities and use cases that go into finance for loan disbursements, go into insurance for claims and offers, goes into retail. Retail is a very huge component of our business. And it's the exact same set of use cases and, and examples. Yeah, that's uh, those are some great examples. It's certainly applicable to a, a broad set of uh, companies and industries. Uh, Ashwini, I want to thank you for taking some time to uh, spend some time with myself and the CBO Magazine audience. Uh, it's a great story. Uh, you can certainly feel the passion in your voice and the excitement. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I would encourage those uh, folks that are watching this and the CBO Magazine audience to spend a little bit of time to better understand uh, Mad Street Den's capabilities. It's really an exciting set of uh, capabilities that you've built. So thank you uh, again. Have a great day. Thank you so much, for Kirk, for having me over at this uh, podcast. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.